0: The time has come to retool our playing for ourselves, for our students, and for the greater groove. And the big question remains, of course, what is the future of strings? Come on, let's talk about it. This is part two of my conversation with electric violinist Mark Wood. We heard it music that gave us goosebumps that just we
1: our jaw hit the floor as string players and not once, by the way. Not once did you and I and they would say to me, Mark, why don't you just play guitar? Right. <laughs> what what are you doing with this silly boat instrument? How many man? times and did people tell me, Why don't you just
0: play just a guitar
1: like <laughs> I not once. I never <laughs> even touched a guitar, but yet my heroes and your heroes right, from yeah. Prince to Hendrix to Van Halen. Yep. You know, maybe there's one or two violin players in there, but
0: man, the list is long. Jeff Because back. Those are, those are, are, you know, it's like sports heroes. Those are at least for our generation. Now, of yeah, course yeah. it's rappers, but you know, we grew up in the seventies uh, and eighties and, everybody had a guitar hero you know you're the clapton fan or a zappa right. fan or whatever you know right. santana you had your favorite just like you had your favorite quarterback or pitcher or whatever you know and uh, and i guess my point is that for young people music is a way of communicating with your friends it's a way of having a, a community, community a community, a common yep. language that you sing together, um, you know, it's everything. And to divorce string players from that is is the big mistake. And right. to reconnect those two pieces, which yep. is exactly what we've been, both of us trying to do all of our careers, uh, I think is the future of strings. I think this is what's going to save string playing. Otherwise, I do honestly believe that string yep. playing in the sort of Vivaldi, you know, um, Suzuki kind of classical format is going to finally become so old fashioned and endangered that it's going to perish. And e- losing its relevance.
1: Yes, And that's exactly. a very, very interesting, uh, and you and I could talk about this for hours. And you and I are both very close to wonderfully uh, uh, supreme classical yes. musicians who don't yep. improvise, they don't play re- electric instruments, and, and we bow down to them. So we're not really talking about that we have a better way of producing music. What we're talking about is expanding, yeah. yes. not contracting. Yes, it's expanding exactly. the landscape, expanding the opportunity. Now, Tracy, when I go to schools... I immediately go to the violas and go, Who's your favorite viola player? <laughs> they look at me like, A viola player? I don't listen to this <laughs> instrument. I said, Wait, are you dead? Ten- you don't listen to the Bartok viola concerto? You don't, you know, because I'm a viola player. For right. those of you who don't know, I'm actually not a violin player, but I'm an uber classical, uh, you know, everything from the Budapest string quartet to Juilliard quartets. I love it all. The Bartok used to play string in a string quartet, quartet
0: with your family.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, that, that was my heritage. So yes. I always will love that. But when I see, and it's not just the viewers, it's everybody in the orchestra. Who's your favorite cello player? They look at me like I'm from Mars. I said, you need to listen to a person named Yo-Yo Ma, but you also need to listen to Mike Block. Yeah. You also need right. to listen to, you know, uh, <clears throat> D- Danny Seinberg. I mean, uh, yeah. Tracy yep. Silver. I mean, they've never heard, so the... And when I talk to the teachers and of course the gatekeepers, who's yep. the gatekeeper? Because we ain't walking into a school, yep. without being invited. So we have to find out who the gatekeeper is. Once we get the, com- the gatekeeper gets comfortable, and I I've had experiences with gatekeepers who would be very uh confused at the end of my sessions like what do I do? These kids are wild. They're jumping off the ceiling. They're they're jumping you know, out of their chair. They're throwing their music stands out the window. It's a riot. It's like a Nirvana concert. Mark, what should I do? I said, this is what the orchestra program should be. And it, you know, I mean what's so beautiful about the orchestra program is that yes, we can do this wonderful moment, which you and I love when we were at Juilliard, playing Brahms Symphony. Oh my God, how incredible that is. But you know yeah. what? After I did that, I'm running home and playing with my rock band because I have that energy too. These yeah. kids have no other outlet because nobody's sharing with them. Yeah. And I said, you need to do a listening session. This is Trace Check out Tracy Silverman's looping and his compositions. Check out Mark O'Connor. Check out this guy. Check. Yeah. And yeah. what happens unfortunately is when the teachers are not equipped when the students go oh i want to play like trade well i can't teach you that yes what right. do you mean you can't teach and wh- why why yeah. oh because i wasn't taught and by the way you and i were not taught at juilliard how to rock no <laughs> no so how is it that we figured it out not only figured it out we have a huge vibrant careers where we have paid our bills. We have families. We have cars that we own. We have houses that we own. How did we figure out how to not only make it as a career, but as our life force that we can do this full time, 24 seven? How did we figure it out? But yet a teacher is not able to motivate it in a university setting, except Berkeley, of course, Um, in a university, a traditional university setting. Right. So um, hello, my, uh, DeLay. How can, how can I make a living at this in the 21st century if Dorothy DeLay was still alive? And, of course, that Juilliard art that Rolling Stone article, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of interesting. That really blew the lid off a little bit, of it, although we've known about it for years. How do I make a living? Okay, well, you need... Uh, orchestras aren't hiring right now, sorry. And there are only four yeah. major orchestras that you can make a living at. So what are you going to do? Okay, I could play a, a solo. I'll be Joshua Bell. <laughs> okay, we have Joshua Bell already, and he 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 has all the gigs. Okay, uh, what do I do? I I don't like to teach. Well, you might have to teach. I don't like to teach though. So, how do we motivate somebody from high school going into college? And of course, twenty years ago, people would get Mark. I want my kid to go to Juilliard, and I'd immediately say, "No offense to Juilliard." Um, I'm not sure if that's the right school for your kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, right I'm not it's, sure not for, kid... it's not right for everybody because it is a very specific thing. And I think while it's v- it's obviously of great value to bring this incredible canon of Western, Classical music to as many kids as possible. There are a lot of classical musicians who are trying to do just that and bring and and to make right. it interesting and, and bring right. This, we know them well. Right, and to bring this great literature to life. However, I think there is a different path for you and me. Uh, as much as we love and appreciate that music and and we're brought up with it, rather than trying to convince young people to get into a whole field of music that they don't know about yet, um, our tactic is to say, okay, that's great, do that also, but let's take the music that you do like, the music you already listen to and you want to play, you wish right, you let's could throw play, that in too, and let's right. help you get that out of your ins- yeah. the instrument that you started to learn, the string yeah. instrument that you're learning. You don't have to have the. You know, I think most kids... Don't they maybe they know fiddling is an option, but maybe not everybody's into fiddling, you right. know, and for a lot of young people, they listen to one thing and then they learn something else. And that's just does not have to be that right. way. There's no reason it never was that way in history. And there's no all we're doing by imposing that on kids is driving them away from strings, frankly. And and especially now,
1: Tracy, the amount of distraction forget about soccer uh, competing with football and soccer at school yeah. you're competing with computer programming yeah. you're competing with hey we're going to do social media as a as an elective yeah. Oh, where do i sign up? <laughs> why would i want to play viola in the orchestra when i can go and so and and pretend i'm a youtube star right exactly you know, so yep. so, we, so it's people like us, and I, be, I firmly believe this, Tracy. The academic world we bow down to, we bow down to the Dorothy Delays, my teachers, the, the, the wonderful educators. We still value that 100%, yes, absolutely. but we need, you and I, and plus the handful of people that we know, uh, need to come in and give a partnership, create a collaborative partnership with our string world we're all working towards the same thing. And what is that, Mark? What is it? What's our vision? Yeah. More people to play stringed <laughs> instruments. I yeah. don't care if you play jazz, hip-hop, rock and roll, classical. I don't care. But the fact that we're losing so much interest yeah. requires people like you and me.
0: Yeah. It's know, just not again, relevant. It's just not relevant to kids. Yeah,
1: We're very close friends with the academic world. Yeah. You know, my partner is uh, Bob Gillespie. Yes. You know, the premier pedagogical learner. Very, very conservative. When He would cross hallways with me at at ASTA 10 years ago. He wouldn't even look up. He was so scared of me. And now we partner with developing new curriculum because he sees what is happening is that he must bring in people like us. So I'm going to share this with you also. In the next yep. couple of years, my foundation is putting together a huge fundraising thing of a million dollars where we're going to help and I, and I want you absolutely involved is we're going to train teachers. It's that simple. Yes. Oh, I don't know how to do that, Mark. Well, guess what? We'll show you how to do yep. it and then there's yep. no excuse. Yep. yep. Let us show you your books, my books. Let's develop a curriculum that's broad-based and by the way,
0: you can't hold your bow like this. <laughs> you know, our classical training. Yes. That was one thing I wanted to say. You know, we keep talking about how we're trying to change this paradigm and become more relevant and classical music is no longer relevant. Yes, yes, that's all true and good. But you and I both benefited from a very intensive classical training uh, that Helps us to play in tune and helps us to not get you know unintentional scratchy sounds out of our instruments, um, things like that. You know, uh, so you know while while we want it, we want music to be relevant. We also understand that it is essential to teach the fundamentals of string playing at the same time. Let's not hands stay
1: down. Yep. You know, because again, a lot of these kids. Uh, of course, the ones that are attracted to me and my camp are more mm-hmm. rock players and fiddlers. Right. And they're trying to do these Metallica riffs and these right. speed metal things. <laughs>
0: it's a lot and of notes, yeah. Which is
1: all ricochet yeah. and t- tremendous control of your bow because a pick is very different than a bow. Yep. And they're like, Mark, show me how to do this, uh, you know, Metallica song. And they have a, a, a real crummy bow arm. I said, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. With a, that bow arm. Now, so let's... Yeah. Learn how to hold the bow right, and, and really go back to the hundreds of years of pedagogy, learning about your hand positions and proper bow technique. Now, both you and another point that I want to really emphasize, Tracy, that yeah. we glazed over of our early historical moment, history. Yeah. Think about this. Yeah. We both differently did a self-supporting instrument. Yes. Who else did that? Yeah. Who else did that? There weren't three people that did that. There weren't 50 people. There were only two people. Yeah. And when you show me your, and of course you still are playing your instrument that, that does not have a chin rest, right? I think, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's two people. Yeah. That we just have? happened to graduate Juilliard yeah. at the same time, bumped into each other in our mid to, uh, early 20s, got the pickups together, got the cool instruments, figured out how to improvise, and we also got
0: rid of the chin rest. Yeah, yeah. For me I was singing so I didn't want to hold right. something up with my chin and I was at that time in the early days I was holding my instrument all the way down oh over god, my god I don't know how you stomach, play. down on my belly and your button. bow was this long yeah, I was using a quarter size bow cuz you can't go any further down cuz your hand is already down at the you know you got you're working oh, with like it was four brilliant inches of bow. but um, yeah, this tiny bow and holding it down there, just like a guitar and you can't get out of first position, you know? So, but I was just playing power chords, really simple stuff while I'm singing anyway, cause it was rock and roll and I'm playing, you know, fifths and, um, uh, and holding it way down there, just uh, trying to get people to think it was a guitar with a bow, which a lot of people did. And then, you know, I would be struggling with, singing and playing the violin right. at the same time in tune and you know playing you know playing the violin is not so easy and doing that while I'm singing all of that kind of stuff and when I would do it right it would sound like nothing i was like yeah i've heard a million guitar players do that what's the big deal you know nobody right, would right. appreciate how freaking hard it was to juggle all that with a violin and a bow while you're singing (laughs) but but uh, yet you still play
1: even though your vocals aren't as much of a present in your music you still play without your chin rest yes so it's not just the ability to free up your neck it has a lot to do with the reason why i did it i was like man i want my body to be free and move and you know, exactly why. Exactly. And, was, and that's an interesting thing. I just occurred as we were talking that you and I also stumbled upon that phenomena.
0: Well, which you know. Nobody else really did. I think it's because we both wanted we were both trying to be guitar players. Guitar players <laughs> use straps, you know. And oh, goddamn guitar players. You know, and we want and we also both instinctively now this is a part of my strumboing. Um, pedagogy, part of my teaching, a very uh, important piece of it, the physicality part of it. But we both instinctively knew that we don't want to stand there like a stiff holding a violin under our chin, which is exactly. very, as, just you see somebody doing that. You don't have to hear anything. You see somebody standing with a violin under the chin and you have an impression of what it's going to sound. Exactly. Like. It's either a fiddler or a classical. And we were neither of right. those two things. And we didn't want to look like either of those two things. Yep. We wanted to play there instruments was... that looked like guitars or right. looked like some weird hybrid and hold them with a strap like a guitar and move our bodies while we're playing in an intuitive, natural way. Right. The way bingo, the way guitar players do, in order to do what they do to play rhythms, you have to move your body. That's right. I mean, that's just, I teach well. You as,
1: also can't be tense. And uh, yeah. the, the cliche, of course, uh, every time I see on YouTube or on social media, classical, it's like I cringe when yeah. I see that tension yeah. and, the, and the, the stress, man. And then, of course. They ruin their neck and they, they yeah. stop playing and then they call me and we build them a viper. Right.
0: So that's exactly. usually
1: the, the, the thing. But what's interesting on my end of it, Hendrix, Jimmy Page. Yes. His guitar is swinging. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> so a, a dolphin, <laughs> a live animal, right? And he's swinging and also you know God knows what's you know uh, condition his brain is yes. <laughs> on those Zeppelin gigs but you would watch the most beautiful Hendrix his relationship to his yeah. instrument was so sensuous it was so beautiful it was so natural
0: very connected
1: and again it was like well Mark what, what guys why don't you just freaking play the instrument that you've been trying to emulate I said no <laughs> never thank I know goodness I yeah right. Thank, Thank goodness, goodness I didn't know
0: how to play guitar.
1: <laughs> I, right after what twenty years at Juilliard and classical training, we're going to throw that away. No exactly. way. And uh, and I think that that was a really interesting time thinking about the relationship physically to our instrument. Yeah. Well, what does that have to do with anything, Mark? Oh, it has a lot to do with it. Yes. Because it tension everything. and stress mixed with
0: music creates an uncomfortable environment for your audience. Yes. And which yeah. And playing rhythm, you know, playing rhythm in oh, a contemporary in a contemporary context, playing a hip hop groove or a funk groove or a rock groove, whatever. To play that in a in a, uh, an authentic way, you simply have to move your body. I mean, just watch any oh. Yeah. player any guitar player any drummer any sax keyboard whatever you know you don't I mean you don't have to be jumping around like uh you know an acrobat but you're not holding your body still you're allowing your body to move and that's just something that uh, is a little different in classical music because in classical music for string players we're typically not playing rhythm we're not su- playing a support right. role right. for a singer it's a we're- monophonic
1: instrument Yep. Sit down when your solo's over. That would drive <laughs> me nuts. As I am not sitting down, I'll figure right. a texture out. And my right. double neck has that flat bridge. Yes, nine strings. So I'm like doing quasi organ and yeah. cl- cl- you know keyboard sounds, mellotron sounds. Because I'm not going to sit down. What am I going to do? Stand there while the singer's doing the third verse? (laughs) So again, that was another moment that you and I really figured out. And I do want to reminisce for two more seconds. Sorry, Tracy. Yeah, man. But I did see you at Yonkers at that club.
0: (laughs) The uh, rising sun. Yes. Which we used to call the rising scum. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> rightly so oh my god but when I saw you and you were doing um, something that was soulful you were doing something that had funk groove and very much like our hero Prince and yeah. I know that you had uh, an interaction with Prince at some, one point <clears throat> I saw it man and it was not I could never do that but what you did with the violin your singing and your composition was astounding never seen before Oh, ever you. yeah yeah I mean I, when I saw and your violin was down below you were singing but you were also physically obviously um, embracing that style which is man you can't just stand up there man right, right. <laughs> James yeah, I've going to come in man
0: and, I got to dig up I got some old video VHS videotape from those days man I'll see you, if I can dig some you up you have to show everybody <laughs> people will the, the hair
1: it's worth it for the hair alone <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you ha- we both have to share the historical moment because, again, we yeah. had nobody to follow.
0: Yeah. No, we were, we were you know, macheting a pathway. In uh, blindly. Yeah. Blindly. But we were so <laughs> determined
1: we- that we would not give up because we knew that the power of our music would transcend it. Because the fact that we both were innovating the instrument, innovating the whole visual, because Jean-Luc Ponty was not moving around. Yeah, he wasn't doing no dancing. No, <laughs> uh, my heroes were not doing any dancing. But Jimmy Page was dancing, yeah. Yeah. Jeff Beck, and and all these great our heroes. And then when I saw you, and then I was doing the same thing. I was like, oh my god, this is a movement. And here we are.
0: Yeah, and it was really the difference was rock. The difference was you, yeah. you and I really wanted to be. It wasn't jazz violinist. We didn't want to be right. a jazz violin player. We wanted to rock. And, right. Uh, oh, damn it. And we it, did. It, Name one other rock
1: violin player at the time. But you and I, uh, you know, we were firmly committed that this is what we needed to share with the world. And by the way, this is the only thing we knew how to do.
0: (laughs) Am I right? Pretty much. What what else were we going to do with (laughs) with this thing, man? (laughs) Exactly. So cool. So this is is a great intro segment. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah, let's get to the, uh, actually, this is, uh, typically, the first thing <laughs> an hour into our conversation that uh, that I've been doing on the podcast, but what, but I do this little thing called the Groove Hacker, and I'm really curious to see how how you do this because we all do this a little differently, and that's why oh, yeah. I want to do this segment so that listeners, and hopefully we'll ha- uh, we'll have some young listeners for this podcast who are really interested in um, what we're saying, <laughs> and uh to for them to see that you know there's no right or wrong with this just like writing a guitar uh, writing a guitar part for yourself um you know you gotta sometimes come up with your own stuff uh but we can show them kind of our approach our tools yep. that we use to bring to the table and uh, so what we do with this groove hacker take a take a the tune from a recording or something, a, a band kind of context, and try to reduce it somehow to our instruments. And how do we bring across rhythm playing um, on our instruments, which are generally thought of as being classical melodic instruments? Right. Monophonic yeah. So, what do you have a, a tune that you were? Uh,
1: <laughs> you <of>? first. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, first of all, we bow down to you, by oh, the way, because you're the master. And not only that, but you you actually wrote a book and a whole pedagogical system. <laughs> so you are the master at this, and uh, there are a few people who do it like you. My okay. rhythm sense, my groove sense is is is, is different uh, to uh, obviously adjusting to the needs of my the music that I hear in my head. Right. But when I hear you play and on your recordings, you are so far beyond what anybody's doing, but what's great is that you're willing to share and teach others. Yeah. That's critical. Instead of going, man, I don't know what I'm doing, you figure out what I'm doing.
0: Right. right.
1: No, no, I'll show you. And when I was watching your uh, first class at my camp uh, two years ago, and it was so much fun to watch the 16th note rhythm right hand, yeah. and then the left hand interaction with your right hand. It's like, bingo. Yeah, Uh, And and I think that there's a new movement, which I'm seeing, which you've really, really inspired. I am not at the forefront of this. You are, but I sort of can get around it in my way. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want me to go first?
0: Yes. Well, please. Yeah. Um, uh, Just like pick a tune. I think maybe you have something in mind um, that we can just sort of back engineer, reverse engineer it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, turn your fiddle up uh, just a little bit.
1: Okay, so basically... Oh, yeah, okay. But I use a lot of ricochet. Yes, I do too. Yeah, but you've got this going down, man. The choppy thing, yeah. But
0: you know what's interesting? I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for just a yeah, second yeah. because when before I joined, Tur- joined Turtle Island, um, w- where I learned the chop from Daryl Anger on an acoustic instrument, I had been playing electric since I got out of Juilliard for like... 10 or 15 years at that yeah. point and had developed techniques like that. A lot of ricochet kind of electric stuff that you can do with distortion and amplification and where you don't need to do this acoustic chop. So I had a whole different way of doing rhythm. Um, that's more like what you're doing, which I think is more organic to the electric instruments.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. But again, uh, we're driven by the music we hear in our head. Your music is such a great reflection. I could never do what you do oh. um, uh, for obvious reasons because we're not supposed to. Right, right. We're different people, yeah. so we have different music, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, back to the, the conversation of classical training. Yes. Cookie cutter, cookie cutter, cookie cutter. We're right. not that lad- way at all No, yeah. I'm not interested in cookie cutter. Uh, but anyway, yes, the ricochet with a lot of rosin uh, but but of a, a lot of my uh, rhythmic playing is that's pretty simple and straight ahead stuff but uh, acoustically or, or clean sound wise it really opens up all sorts of stuff but when, when I use distortion it's a little bit different yep, exactly. than what you're doing but uh, uh, yeah I mean do you want to hear? I can give you 60 seconds and i could got two things for you if you want cool. yeah more the merrier and I let's see are you ready yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm going to play just a little bit of a, of a uh, Michael Jackson song. And by the way, those of you who have not heard Tracy do the um, Stevie Wonder stuff, oh, I got, I can't hear that enough, man. Oh, it's so smoking, man. <laughs> I love it. I always, when you're performing on a camp, you've got to do that one. Everybody <laughs> loves it. And the, you have YouTubes of that up, right? I, I do, yeah. Good, good, good. And then one of my original compositions has this technique, which... Uh, Oh, cool. Yeah. Where you're acting and doing that, and that, and that, yes. that and Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, let me hear where that, just can, get, the context a, 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 for that. Second, this is one of my compositions. So yep. that's pretty, as far as I've gotten with that kind of um Yeah, yeah,
0: technique. yeah. Well, okay, very so, interesting. What you're doing there is playing the subdivisions. You know, right, right, right. We both love the wah. Oh, yes. Because
1: a lot of your technique and your system is also about that yes. sound. Yep. Not just purity of sound. It's... The Purity and, of noise. <laughs> right. Noise control. Noise control. Yeah. <laughs> now when I used to hear Clapton play, his Wawa play, playing would be basically on the beat, which would drive me nuts. Yes. <laughs> I like to use my Yep.
0: Just keep it on just a little bit, not moving up and down, is right. also
1: with distortion.
0: Yes, it's a great, a great sound. But I think it's very interesting bringing out the subdivision, and yet, and then using the wah wah to change the tone. Because when we're doing this, we're we're really not getting a lot of variety in that sound. But when we add the wah to it. We can turn those into, essentially it's like as if we we suddenly created some new technique with our bow to get different sounds out of the right. string, but we're actually doing it with our feet. So <laughs> <laughs> But also
1: remember, the guitar, they have a little, little piece of plastic, right? Yep. It's called a pick. Yeah. Um, completely useless to me. <laughs> what is it about this yes. that people don't understand is when they say, why are you playing rock on a violin? I said, because of this, man. Right. This is giving me so much variety as far just beautifully lyric. And then all of a sudden you can do yes. <laughs> rapid fire. Yeah. The, the fact that we have this piece of gear, I think, is the reason why we play uh, yeah. instead of jumping to the guitar. Yes. Uh, the yeah. power of the bow, man. And I, when I do my performances with the school, schools, I talk about it. It's really not this. It's this. Yes.
0: It's more in the bow. Yep. Because and you when, do this...
1: With, p- go ahead. Uh, yeah. When you do your chomping stuff, <laughs> there's no way
0: yeah. that yeah, you can't do a pick. There's
1: just no yeah. way. So there's now... When people say, Mark, you're just doing sort of a lesser version of the guitar. I said, oh, No. We're, we're making guitar players really jealous.
0: Yes, They exactly. want to
1: be us more than we want to be them.
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and distortion is really hard. When they say, oh, just put distortion on the vibe. Oh, no, yeah. that is dangerous if you're not uh, knowing what you're doing. I've heard exactly. horror, <laughs> horrible violin players I'll plug into the Marshall stack and turn it
0: up to 10 right that'll work yeah well oh my god you know I get a lot of people ask me you know about electric instruments and what should I buy and is this a good instrument or something and I always recommend first of all your instruments oh thank you and B, spend a lot of money on an instrument. <laughs> because if you don't, you're going to make it worse for the rest of us. <laughs> if you go out there with a crappy sound that sounds thin Thank and you. shrill and nasty. And they think, right, then they think all players all, are like that. every time they see an electric, <laughs> so I go out there and I go, I play electric violin and they go, oh my God, this is going to hurt. I'm like no, no, no! It's believe me, it's right. That, we know. know how to control it exactly. So for everybody else, don't ruin it for everybody. Make sure you sound good.
1: That should be the that should be the test. Do not even think of coming in here without a, a special license that Tracy Silver Mark would give you. Turn your treble down. Oh my God! Well, that's why you know I, you know that my processor is analog, which is right. why it's so freaking noisy. And it's gnarly, and it's just like so angry. But uh, when, when I get my Kemper, I'm going to just model it, yes. and I'll, I'll be yep. fine. But <laughs> I've got about 30 of them. But yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that yes! That double thing. That thing chunk. that 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 with really the ricochet. And guitar a lot
1: to do that, and it's yeah. not that difficult on... You know, we've got the... the, the yeah. uh What is that? Ba-da-ba-da. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. we've already gotten this down. And Paganini also. We haven't even mentioned Paganini, who was really the first rock star. <laughs> yes, he was. And all these good... Uh, Yngwie Malmstein, Oh, my God. He drives... I love him to death and what he's done with guitar. <laughs> but I'm saying, man, you should check out Yasha Heifetz, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you want to be mind-blown. Yeah. yeah. We both uh, do interviews. We both try to create context of what we do and if people think that we're like so off the beaten path and so weird and not mainstream that doesn't help us yes you know we want to be seen as mainstream oh this shouldn't be that unusual but yes to recognize the amount of investment that we've made both yeah. financially, oh, yeah. our whole lives have been ruined by it. <laughs> we've the lost girlfriends, girl wives. We've been, you know, our lives have been destroyed from this, this vision that we have. It's an, it's an old story. It's an age old story, my friend. Right. <laughs> yep. And, uh, my to rock and, and roll. we're still standing. And it's great to see, you know, the younger generation and uh, our peers also. Uh, but, but I really think that the, what you have achieved in your career, is exactly the, the, um, br- uh, the uh, level of, of mastery that when people say, Oh, I, I'm going to make this into my career. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to listen to this. You've got to be as good as Tracy. You've got to be as good as Mark O'Connor. You've got to be as good. Otherwise, forget it. Yeah. Forget <laughs> it. So, what is it, You know, so we're dealing well, with a, a, you, a real revolution right now that I'm very, very excited about.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of, of levels, high level of performance, I think that's a good segue into our final segment of the show, this segment that we call Not My Gig. <laughs> I'm ready. And I know you've been dreading this this moment, <laughs> but I've got a little quiz for you. I'm ready. And if you get any of these right, uh, we will declare you the winner. <laughs> And because you are so well known for your viper violin, I'm gonna see how much you know about vipers. Ah, the snake. Oh, my least favorite reptiles. <laughs> the scariest of the scary. The scariest of them all. And uh, so you know, you you got this wonderful instrument called a viper. Let's find out what you actually know about vipers, Mr. <laughs> Mark Wood. True or false? Vipers are nocturnal. Very true. That is true. That is true. All right.
1: We, One we right. Like cold, we like cold, dark, dank places. <laughs> it's just like rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like CBGBs. Right. I just about to say that the bathroom at CBGBs was <laughs> oh like <my> that. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we both played there, by the way. Yes. Oh, yes. All right. Here's your, your second question. Viper bites typically inject... One half ounce of venom in its victim. True or false? Oh my goodness, that is definitely true.
1: That is actually
0: definitely false. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) They can actually, well, because I said they inject a half an ounce of venom. I I made that up. Um, Oh, (laughs) They can, (laughs) I have no idea, but I did discover on Wikipedia that (laughs) they can vary how much venom they release depending on the size of the prey or the attacker.
1: Oh, I like that. It's so, so similar to
0: my life. It's so very they, very representative of my career. <laughs> so <laughs> like when you venom. need that extra it's sort of like it's sort of like distortion. When you need that extra right. thing, you just crank it up. When you're playing metal, you go up to 10. That's right. So <laughs> you choose your choose your prey. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a multiple choice for you. And this is this gets a little trickier now. So right. I'm just going to just going to warn you there is no expectation that you need to get any of these right. <laughs> it would be kind of weird if you did. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, multiple choice. Vipers track their prey using A. echolocation, B. proteins in their venom, or C. x-ray vision. Oh. <laughs> like Superman huh. exactly so echolocation think, proteins in the venom or x-ray I think
1: radiation. echolocation
0: no it's actually the proteins in the oh.
1: venom how interesting is that
0: first of all yeah, I never they, even
1: knew that there was an actual reptile called the viper
0: yeah there is <laughs> there is an actual reptile called the viper yes
1: cool
0: <laughs> so that much you are correct <laughs> <laughs> you are correct on that one Viper is wow. a snake. And oh my is an goodness! It's an actual species. <laughs> oh, fascinating. I am learning so much. Tracy. Well, there you go. See, this is an educational experience. They what I discovered in Wikipedia is that they can bite their prey and and release them, and the prey runs away, and then they have to track it down. Let's oh. say they bite a a rabbit or something, right? They have to. How do they find the rabbit amongst a bunch of rabbits? It's the the smell of the protein in the venom does wow. something and they can track it down. Fascinating. There you go. All Fascinating. right. Fascinating. Last, your last question right. here. Multiple choice again. Pit vipers. This is a species of viper called a pit viper. And it got its name because A, their preferred food is the pit of the breadfruit. B, they have special infrared pits that can sense heat. Or C, they prefer to nest at the bottoms of pits. Oh, I go for C. That's what I thought. Uh oh, what is it? <laughs> I don't. But they're the actually ref- called pit vipers because they have these weird pit on their face. That's a little like a, a like a, a duct or something that they that they sense heat they have infrared wow. sensors in their face and they can sense when a prey is close to them because they can see it with infrared vision and it actually check this out so it's between their nostril and their eye there's this pit right i know you nobody's really interested in this I but i think it's i've of a, seen <laughs> that in pictures right yeah it's so a, it's got this weird hole that yeah. that they're somehow tracking infrared sensors are in there But what happens is the infrared then goes into their vision and they see an infrared picture of where the heat is so they can look and see a warm body and tell where it is.
1: Man, that yes. is way cool. Thank you. I have learned so much about my instrument.
0: <laughs> so maybe you can maybe you can incorporate a little infrared sensor onto your right, uh, onto right. the vipers. So you can call it a for pit prey. Viper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, that is actually cool, Tracy. Thank you for for enlightening us there all you, on this this extremely
0: frightening and scary uh, uh, reptile. <laughs> yes, and a, a frightening segment of the podcast. <laughs> for adults you have you have survived <laughs> good, <laughs> dude, I am so glad to have you on the show. The truth is, there would not be a show if it was not for you, and there would not this show would just would not make any sense without you on it,
1: oh so my god
0: tracy we, we, we
1: our collaboration it's, and it 's only been in the last maybe ten years that we 've really started to really feel the collaborative partnership of the vision, which is what we've been talking about through the podcast, which is just really welcoming more and more people that are yeah. creative and innovative with their music. Uh, and, and you're definitely, you know, it is interesting. And I'm, I'm hoping that you can present this the way I'm really thinking that you are going to present this as that moment in time that a hundred years, yeah. yes, we will have to wait that long for people <laughs> to recognize what we did, that this will be that
0: moment. Check out this YouTube.
1: This <laughs> I hope so. it and, out,
0: and I'm going to put you on the spot. And of course, I can edit this out later. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I uh, I would love to do some kind of real quick little collab. Yes, 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 um, yes, 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 yes. Where one of us will just send a like a, a groove to the other, and and play on it, um, and we can go whichever way or both ways back and forth, and uh, and have something because. For all the years that I have known you, we have never, we've played a couple little gigs together, a little short things we did last year at Asta and stuff, but we've never recorded together. We've never actually, you know, not that this is going to be a record, but, um, you know, maybe a step in that direction, a little collab, a little collab thing. Love that. Love that. Yes. We'll come up with something astounding. (laughs) Hopefully not too painful. Less painful (laughs) than a pit viper. (laughs) (laughs) cool man well thanks for being on the show and uh for being here showing up and for doing what you do all the time every day with kids man you are changing the face of string playing before our very eyes and And you too my friend we're both doing in this together thank you yeah man (laughs) rock on brother thanks for listening. If you want to stay in touch, please join the For the Greater Groove Facebook group. See ya. Groove on.